This is episode three of the Getty's Close Radio podcast. I'm Glenn Phillips, and I'm a curator at the Getty Research Institute in Los Angeles. This podcast presents radio broadcasts that originally aired on a weekly program on Los Angeles radio station KPFK between 1976 and 1979. Called Close Radio, the program allowed artists to present sound and art projects via radio broadcast. Close Radio produced over 100 broadcasts by more than 90 artists. These programs challenge nearly every conceivable industry standard of radio broadcast, and collectively they present a phenomenal array of strategies to present performative works through sound. I've chosen 17 of the Close Radio episodes for this podcast to give a sense of the variety of projects and artists involved in the program. This podcast is made available in conjunction with the exhibition Evidence of Movement, on view at the Getty Research Institute's galleries at the Getty Center from July 10th through October 7th, 2007. If you would like to hear more episodes from the Close Radio program, they are available on getty.edu. Just search for the exhibition Evidence of Movement. The Getty would like to thank all of the artists who have agreed to let us provide their original sound works in digital format online and in this podcast. We ask that listeners respect the integrity of the original works and the artists who created them. Please do not reproduce this content without permission from the artists. Enjoy the program. It's a building in Pasadena on Fair Oaks, hotel building, I think 1887. The top two floors of the hotel, the bottom floor was originally stores, furniture store, cafe, restaurant, museum, whatnot. I'm originally from Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, got involved in this particular room in kind of a strange way. I was interested in getting out of Phoenix for a while. Uh, I had some difficulties writing some things I was trying to write. So we know, know a little bit about film. Oh, that's, that's interesting. And Dwayne's commitments were too much already that he couldn't really do anything to the building. So he pretty much just wanted to get out from underneath it. There, there's a point, there is a point beyond which I just have to stop in terms of dealing with Dwayne because so much of it is conjecture. What were his motives? What were his thoughts? What was he after? What did he care about? What didn't he care about? Uh, was he really afraid of the fire inspectors? What can I say about Dwayne, man? He's too much. And the health department was on his back. Well, Dwayne was a little bit suspicious at that time because every time that he would drop by the building, you know, he wouldn't see a car or something. For some reason, he, he didn't seem to trust me. It got these vibes that he wasn't, like, trusting me or something. He had a uh, very peculiar sense of territory about that building. And he was very hard to deal with. What can I say about Dwayne, man? He's too much. So we agreed that we would meet with Dwayne, who we hadn't, we had heard of, but had not met up until that time. The guy that owned the hotel building ran a theater in it. Dwayne Waddell. I'm the landlord of this establishment. Dwayne Waddell was what might be called by modern terms an alternative businessman. 
Uh, I bought the property from Mrs. Carter because I was looking for a place to um, open a theater. And uh, I'd been looking for quite a while, and this was the cheapest thing I'd come across. Low down payment, low price. By other terms, uh, a spaced out actor trying to uh, operate, trying to uh, make a go of it. He was 42 years old and loves acting. He loves acting enough that he's, he's devoted his life to it. To Purity, you know, you know, you know, you know, you're, and here I'm doing it like a, for a, for a hobby or for, you know, for what, you know. Uh, I've been thinking about that more and more, for what. And um, I don't know how much longer I'll stay with it. I really don't. And I don't really, I don't really want to slight the man. He did a pretty good job on this room here. He was pretty informal about rents. See, I don't know what else I should say about Paul. He left, uh, well, we weren't, uh, getting along too well when he left, he... Now I live in a house. A two-story house. With a woman and three children. And that is a completely different situation. There's so much more going on here than the East Coast. It's just art-wise and people-wise. and There's so much more happening and people are so much more established into natural way of living instead of um, East Coast, everything's so tight and so much <laughs> society bull uh, I don't know, out here you can do pretty much what you like, anything you want to, <laughs> really. But, uh, uh, there's a pretty neat um, dome sculpture, sculpture that somebody built at the school and the other night, my sister and I went up and just played our recorders all night, just made had good vibrations, made some good music. And, uh, it's just nice just to be able to walk around and not worry about anything happening to you. Like in, in Baltimore, it's really <laughs> kind of bad. Uh, the key, Paul, there's a, there's a key to this door here that uh, Dwayne says he thinks you have. and. Uh, if you're listening to this, uh, please send the key back with Ron, because I'd like to lock the room up. And then Kevin came along. Now we're still talking about this, this room. And again, Ron brought Kevin. Uh, Kevin called me from um, Arizona. But anyway, I called Dwayne Waddell, and uh, he's a really quiet-spoken kind of guy. And I Kevin got involved in the theater right away. We it was really strange. Everybody, every time I do something, everybody kept thanking me, you know, and it was just getting really embarrassing to everybody. You turn around, anytime you do something, they thank you. I found that I really wasn't interested in the rest of the building, and that it was as if that room was a, uh, a little pocket in the side of a cube said this room was always available. There was always some room that he could rent uh, here because not many people liked it. 
said it was $35 and there was a, a kitchen that could be shared and it was uh, funky was the term that she used. <laughs> this room is, uh, uh, is funky. Actually, this room is very funky. I, you know, uh, when I was living in Venice, uh, I was living in an old place on the beach, and uh, you know the difference between funky and dilapidated? There's a fine line between dilapidated and funky. Uh, dilapidated is a place that's uh, pretty run down, you know, and uh, pretty beat up. And uh, funky is the same exact place, only uh, you put a plant in it in an uh, Indian import. Dwayne was totally flashed by what I did to that room and how it was changed and was probably uh, figuring on raising the rent immediately when I moved out, which figures. The price had gone up to $50 a month for the room. And I was on a quite tight budget, so it was, uh, that changed the picture a little bit at the time from my perspective in Arizona, because I didn't have a lot of money. I went up to the third floor And it was occupied at that time by a guy who was a painter. I think he might still be there. He's a very interesting guy. I think he was either something like Czechoslovakian, but he grew up in East LA. And so he was, he was a Czechoslovakian Chicano, in effect. Well, when I first moved into the building, it was back in 71 or 2, but I don't remember the exact date because I never wrote it down. And he hung out up on his top floor territory and made paintings and set up a peculiar set of uh, vibes, I guess is the term. But it was an interesting time in my life. <laughs> Because I was just a young boy, you know, just hiding from reality. Finally, I got to the room in the northwest corner of the building on the third floor, the top floor. This view is looking uh, west. Uh, yeah, it's looking west. And my, this room is on the third floor in the northwest corner of the building. It made a lot of sense. I was already in the building. I negotiated with Duane. I told him the room was in terrible condition that I intended to fix it up extensively. And I got to see the, the room itself, and I instantly knew of all the rooms in the building, this is the one I wanted, because uh, it's, it's fixed up a little better. The I have a little bit of receding forehead, see that? And uh, also, these two front teeth are capped. Do you hear that? Are your two front teeth, teeth capped? No, they're not capped, but they've, oh. been, they've been prominent all my life. Oh, okay. So the second hitch he threw was he wanted first and last month's rent, which was something I wasn't expecting at all because I was on a really tight budget. I think it took about everything he had. And I wrote. I had my typewriter set up. I had lots of paper around. I found myself writing. This room is a really sunny, airy room. That's a nice thing about it, and it's got to affect you. But the thing that motivates the writing are contingencies, and the relationship to the windows was 
absolutely central to what that room was about. This nice stuff is all contrasted against the inevitability of the decay of buildings like uh, uh, up here at the top of the door there's plastic. When I came there was a, just a gaping hole there where uh, I was told the uh, previous tenant was supposed to put glass in and never did. And then there was a desk over there and a chair and a rug on the floor. And uh, there was a record player over here. And uh, there were those terrific bookshelves that slant up like that. The bookshelf is a, was, was pretty nice. You'll notice it's slanting, and that's, I've never seen a bookshelf quite like that before. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess Paul built that, didn't yes, he? Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, that's it's really neat. Uh, the books never fall over. You don't need bookends. And it's big enough that I could, that's one of the things I really liked about the room, that I got a lot of stuff there. My books, it's also my, uh, there's, I still don't have a refrigerator here, even though uh, uh, I've broken the rule, I'm in cooking. Uh, so I keep vegetables and stuff in there. I had a number of relationships with women during that period. It was summer, and it was hot, but the room, the room was cool, and the, this door was open all the time, and, and there was, it seemed to be a breeze, and that tree was really pretty. I was like that. And uh, it was really pretty at night here. And uh, sometimes people from the theater or something would be down in the garden, and uh, one night they, after a performance, they were even singing. <laughs> It was really, it was kind of a nice thing. This whole group of people from the theater were standing down there talking, and they just started singing songs, real hokey song, Old Man River, you know? The floor is, uh, is really neat. It's a hardwood floor. I don't know, I think it might even be oak. And uh, it's painted, it's just, I don't know, kind of bright, not light blue, but a really dark blue. And it's, that's a nice thing about the room. The room is white and this, this blue floor, I, there's a rug next door, a green rug that's in fairly good shape in the room that I was in. I've been scavenging all through this floor of the building looking for stuff to build up things. And the, there's a green rug, and I, even though I like rugs better than hard floors, this was uh, uh, just really, uh, I like the blue floor is all. I'm when I finished the room, I painted the floor blue. The walls were white. And half the guy that had the front space downstairs uh, took a look at the room and commented on its Dutchness, which was pretty interesting because I'm Dutch originally. <laughs> that was pretty funny. He did a pretty good job on this room here. And I found that the space, the, the demands that that space made on me. <laughs> I found myself thinking that this building had a lot of expectations, but actually buildings don't have expectations. <laughs> no. It's a pretty crazy thing to be doing.